across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Yeah, I do believe Tamsin's wrong. The pick of today's games is, of course, Cambridge City, Rushton and Diamonds at St Ives with a two o'clock kickoff, which I'm going to after the uh, broadcast finishes. So if you want to go down and see some local football, uh, that's on this afternoon. But plenty to be talking about this week. Uh, Cambridge United uh, didn't get a game on Saturday because, of course, it's Monday night football on Sky with the Burton game. But they did play Barnsley in the week. Uh, an, an interesting result, 4-0, as opposed to a game that certainly wasn't a 4-0 game. And the women uh, had a second uh, lot of success against Actonians this season, this time in the Cup, a 2-1 win. They're playing Ashford away, uh, a 2 o'clock kick-off there. That's going to be a difficult tie for them. Cambridge City had a nil or draw against, uh, I think they were top of the table when they played Bedworth. Um, I don't know whether you've seen the tweet, we'll be talking about the penalty that, <laughs> that didn't go in, but quite obviously did go in, and the impossibility of the physics described by the referee and linesman about that one. So more on that. Have a look on the Twitter feed. There is a link to the Sky, uh, the Sky uh, article on it. It's actually got thousands and thousands of hits for Cambridge City, which is amazing. Uh, they're playing Rushton and Diamonds, as I said, two o'clock kickoff today. Uh, that game moved because of St Ives playing yesterday, um, so uh, it had to go today. And the women, they lost 6 0 against MK Dons, who were a, a league above them uh, in the cup, um, but had a couple of minutes, a couple of moments rather, of uh, uh, good attacking play. So things potentially looking better there. Uh, today they've got another very, very difficult one. They've got AFC Wimbledon uh, away, um, and they'll be uh, struggling to make too much of that, I think. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can all the usual ways. You can text us on 07919 or you can email studio at cambridge105.co.uk but as usual we'll start with United So as I say, no game uh, on Saturday because it's Monday night football. Uh, the, the, the thrilling prospect of Burton versus Cambridge. You can see why Sky chose that one out of all the games that are happening. It seems to be, no, no disrespect to either club, it doesn't seem to be the plum tie, I wouldn't have thought, uh, of uh, the week. But we're not going to complain. There's revenue in it for us and there's a chance to uh, get a second game on TV, which uh, that's probably taken, I don't think we've played two in the last three or four years on TV, so that's great. Um, and and of course, we had a great result against Reading uh, last time we were televised, so perhaps uh, TV's uh, lucky for us. We'll see what happens on Monday night. But first, we'll go back uh, to the um, Barnsley game. Always going to be a, a difficult game, a very good side, Barnsley. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't fade you up there, so you want to <laughs> say that one again? <laughs> so, yeah, of course, um, Barnsley, you know, really good side. Um, they've had, like, you know, a mixed bag of results, so it's been a bit difficult to see their potential um, in their results but you know as they displayed on Tuesday a really 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 good side well drilled um, good players and you know just a well put together side uh, the thing was and the, the, the records will show a f- uh, the records will show a 4-0 uh, a 4-0 uh, loss but it, it, it I think that's that's it's a very unfair 
reflection of the game, I think. Um, yes, they were they were better than us over the ninety odd minutes, um, but not not so much that four nil is a justified score. It, it was really interesting, and we'll talk about the the, the penalty in a minute. But it, we go in two nil down and actually thinking that if we can come out strong then there's a chance here for us to uh, to make a game of it um and then we we didn't get a penalty that we almost certainly should have done uh, and then while we were kind of smarting from not getting that they came back and scored the third goal and and then of course it's all over they then got a fourth goal um but the goals they got you know, we're probably, uh, as Mark says, in, you'll hear in a minute, probably avoidable, um, probably not uh, our finest moments in defending. But, you know, the red, the record shows a 4-0 defeat and there was no doubt that, you know, Mark was upbeat about the performance, but he wasn't upbeat about the fact that we lost 4-0 at home. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, as you mentioned, the scoreline 4-0 was very flattering. Um, I think, if I can remember, the first goal was probably their best worked goal. Um, second goal was fortuitous for them as it came off um, yeah. Bennett's head, you know. And then, as you said, for the third goal, we've had a penalty, a penalty claim waved away, and then they go and score. So, yeah, and I don't, when you look I, back, I, I it, don't like I don't like embarrassing uh, goalkeepers, but Will Mannion will that one will live in his mind for, <laughs> for quite some time. For those who didn't see it, it literally went underneath him, uh, and. It's one of those things, because we were talking only last week, and I'm going to play another piece of audio on goalkeepers in a minute. Uh, we were just saying how well Will had done uh, and how uh, Jack Stevens will struggle to get a place back. And I guess that's the, that's the tipping point is, you know, it, it, that mistake will play on uh, it'll play on his mind, I suspect, to a certain extent, but it'll certainly feature in uh, Bonds' thinking when Jack's fully ready to come back as to what he does. He does talk about that in a minute, but very unfortunate for for Will to, to have to you know to have to suffer that one and have to watch it back on replays yeah definitely I think you know obviously he'll know that he's made a mistake but at the same time I wouldn't say it was a game defining moment as such you know if you look at it on the flip side the strikers have had chances um, prior to that as well so are they they're equally as culpable arguably um, so you know I think that mistake at 3-0 with two or four two or three poor decisions on the referee's behalf as well as kind of a combination and contribution to to what um, ended up happening on the evening yeah i think i think it was i mean i think it's i don't like having to go at referees it, it's a hard thing to do yeah, and definitely. uh but sometimes you have to look at it and especially we'll, we'll, we'll obviously the the the, uh, the tottenham uh, liverpool debacle <laughs> over yeah. and the thing is people have misinterpreted that they said oh var is rubbish that had nothing to do with var that was that was the people who were working it were mm. rubbish they just completely they so i don't think you can blame var for that but Things like that, and we'll talk about the Cambridge City goal in the penalty later on. And we'll, uh, but I think that you've seen this week that events in football, momentary events in football, can literally change the outcome of the game. Now, I'm not pretending that had we got the penalty, they wouldn't have scored that goal, and we'd have been at two-one, and then we'd have made a game of it. But you can certainly point the uh, the, the Spurs. Uh, Liverpool game yeah. uh, that is the re- that's the result course, yeah, so that's, that's, that's completely destroyed a game of football and I know there's talk about whether it should be replayed you know on, on a gentlemanly basis mm. I'm sure that I'm sure that won't happen <laughs> but tough, but yeah. you don't know but <laughs> y- you do kind of think that there 
should be, and I don't know how you do it, which is, I guess, why it's not going to happen. You should be able to talk about what, why, why a game, why the outcome of the game was so hit by uh, a one moment. You know, if that one moment goes against the run of play, or if there's plenty of other goals, I think you have to discount it because it's just too hard. But mm. the, the Liverpool Spurs game and just the. Um, City game, uh, they were playing Bedworth. It was yeah. a nil or draw in the end, so that made definitive. the absolute, yeah. uh, you know, definitive outcome. And uh, you know, these things are important for clubs. I don't know what you do, but it does seem to be that some kind of review on events that are clear cut as that should be made, shouldn't they? Yeah, I think referees and VAR and all the new modern day technology that we've got now is a really, it's a bit of a grey area. Like it's great, um, it supports the game, of course, but you know weird things happen within the game still so it's hard to judge their effectiveness i always find it quite quite confusing that referees don't always see the angles that we get on television and you'd think they would because if we're getting on television surely var would be able to pick that up but that's not always the case you know um so in terms of you know like var and its effectiveness and poor judgments it's a shame that those moments prove to be definitive but they're not really going to be repeated yeah. or nothing's going to be No, no, I'm them, sure. So. I'm sure. And, and to be fair, because I, I, you know, I, I quite happily say it should be reviewed, but uh, yeah. what would be done about it short of actually, I mean, even replaying it doesn't make it fair no. because it happened exact, in that moment. Yeah. The only way that it would be fair is you could say, well, we'll award the goal and that if that changes the result but then the other team will say yeah but we'd have changed if the goal had exactly. gone in so you can, uh, there is nothing you can do about it but it's yeah. just very frustrating as fans um, this is what uh, just I've got some bits of audio from the post-match this is what Bonds had to say after the game about the uh, Barnsley result they took chances didn't they I mean we've given them chances we probably don't I mean we shouldn't we shouldn't concede the third goal it's a, it's a easy moment to see out we shouldn't concede the second goal because it shouldn't be a corner in the first place we win the first contest it hits their lad in the back of the head and goes in so he feels like he's won Christmas really I think we should have a penalty before the third goal almost directly before the third goal which then makes the game really tricky the third goal killed it really we didn't start well enough and and were on the back foot because of it they played with a really good intensity at the start and we couldn't quite find that level the first goal we should we should defend we should defend we, we've not recovered a tra- and tracked the, the run at the back post so all goals for us are, are preventable goals really and we've had enough chances to score I actually can't believe the score's 4-0 tonight we've lost some games by big score lines a few times but that was a, that was a fairly even game where both teams have created similar numbers of chances we've created lots of them and to come out not scoring and then conceding some of the ones we have is, is actually quite tough to take. It was, and I think you know Mark got a bit of a, a bit of a roasting as these things usually do um, after the game in terms of the comments he made. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the pre-match comments he made, but. I think Mark is really honest about the way he sums up a game, whether it's good or whether it's bad. But he sees the bigger picture. Um, and because of that, he's not necessarily concerned in the same way as fans immediately are after a 4-0 result. And, and then people get people get uppity because he doesn't seem to be upset by it. He doesn't seem to be having a go at the team. But they played well. It wasn't a poor performance. It was a, it was a terrible result, but not a poor performance. And him slagging off players for no reason doesn't really change that and actually isn't even... It's not even the right thing to do. Yeah, it's definitely... I think if he started to slag off the players, it'd be counterproductive. Yeah. I think in terms of fan perspective those that perhaps weren't at the game would probably be most concerned because I left the game thinking that 
it wasn't overly an overly concerning performance. Yes, we conceded four goals, but we had you know good moments and good processes uh, throughout the game, and more than enough opportunities to you know put a foot in the game as well. So I wouldn't say it was really concerning, but obviously the scoreline. Um, does flatter Barnsley? Yeah, it does. And and to be fair, they they they, they took their chances. Yeah. Um, so you know that, that's the that's the difference. Is we failed to take our chances. They took their chances. Um, both sides had them, and they were they were a really really good side. Uh, probably the best that we've had at the Abbey. Uh, probably the best that we've seen uh, so far this this season from from, from my reckoning. Um, but there was this there was a penalty decision, and it was it was one of those ones where. Some people saw it as a really obvious penalty. Some people didn't. I think it depends on the the angle you were at. To me, from where we were looking at, because we were looking kind of down the run that was being made, um, it looked an absolute dead to rights trip in the box. Um, and the only reason, because because the the, the, the the actual foul was so obvious, the only reason I could think of um, that he didn't give it is that there wasn't going to be a scoring chance on goal. But you, you see it all the time it's that they give penalties. Whether or whether yeah. there's a scoring chance on goal, um, let's listen to what Mark had to say uh, about the uh, game immediately after the match. Yeah, I mean the footage isn't as good as what I thought I saw live because camera's the opposite side. I thought it was a clip and, and it's a penalty. Everyone else will, they'll, they'll say it wasn't. We'll say it was. But I think it's a, an easy one to give, really. Um, a contact in the box and you know just because someone doesn't fall over instantly doesn't mean it's not a foul. If you try and stay on your feet, you know, like that, that's not not the worst thing in the world. So I do think that was a penalty and um, that might have changed the game for us. And then obviously the third goal happened so quick and and Will will want to do better with that and, and stop that from going in because that made it a really difficult game for us from that point to overturn that but it was in a period where we were on 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 top really really aggressive Digby George Thomas running the game through the middle injecting real pace into the game and travelling with the ball yeah we needed a, we needed a chance to go in for us in that and, and the game could have looked so different but it wasn't to be and um, the game ran away from us really after the, the third goal it didn't run away from us the game just became you know we score a goal it's a long way back still so we weren't able to do that yeah, and I think you know it, the, the the summation he gave after the game was was honest, and it's interesting. I, I could play you the same audio uh, that's taken from the press call where he'd had a few more days to consider it, um, and he went back and he did point out that uh, looking at all the stats from the game, actually his assessment was a good one for, for that game. It wasn't a poor performance. It was absolutely a poor result, but it wasn't a poor performance. And in fact, if I play this, this is uh, this is what he was saying. Um, uh, after the game around is there a concern at the club that uh, you know the results aren't going our way and he's very adamant about this uh, no I've just reeled off the teams that we've played against so um, I'm not so concerned there at all I think we've looked good in a lot of games if we'd have drawn tonight you'd have said we're unbeaten in a certain amount as well so it doesn't really bother me we've played 10 games we've got a decent points return from that period so far we've certainly taken that at the start of the season and hopefully the next five games can return us a, a good number of points and we'll get to that third of the season way in, in five games time and be in a decent position. Yeah, and I think you, know, you. I think the point you made about those people who weren't at the game will probably have been much more concerned about the result because it, you know that that that's that's what it shows a four nil loss to a club that you know we shouldn't we shouldn't be losing to by that many. And but that's not the way that's not the way we saw it in the ground. And I think it was funny at the end they were they were the fans were having a bit of fun um, at the end 
because uh, people were moaning that they shouldn't be shouting and screaming at the fact that the players in the way they did but we, we were singing uh, we've got the ball we've got the ball <laughs> and uh, now we're going to score a goal and and all the usual ones but I think it was just it was that good hearted gallows humour rather than anything else just it hadn't gone our way people weren't upset at the performance they weren't shouting at the players but they were just uh, having a bit of fun so I think that was uh, acceptable um it's on to Burton Monday night at uh, Burton on telly again, second one of the season, as we said. Um, tell us uh, what Burton are doing at the moment. Well, so Burton, uh, 20th in the table at the moment. Um, they've had a kind of mix of results. Big 2-1 victory recently against Wigan. It's a massive result for them. And then a 0-0 draw to Reading as well prior to that and a 2-0 victory against Everton on the 21s in the... Uh, football league trophy. Yeah, I'll give I'll give them the Everton one. I'm not sure that that's always a difficult one when you yeah. see because I've seen it's interesting. I I don't mind the competition and I know people get upset about it and everything like that. But the interesting thing is that it's the under it's the 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 young the the youth sides from the uh, Premier League. Premier league yeah. Sometimes I've seen really really good sides and mm. sometimes I've seen actually you know sides that aren't going to win games at this level because they're, they're just experience. not playing yeah they're just yeah. getting experience um so it is interesting to see but yeah i mean the wigan one that you know that will Good. have that will have set alarm bells ringing uh with mark uh simply because uh you know wigan are a side that okay they're down at the bottom but they're only there because of the points deduction mm. and they won't end up anywhere near there um this is uh, what uh, Mark had to say in the pre-batch. I've got a, a couple of bits in here. Uh, so this first bit is uh, just talking a little bit more about the, the perceived worry of last week. Yeah, and we've had one bad performance, which created a, an away defeat, and one bad result on, on Tuesday. I don't think the other results have come in bad performances. I also don't buy into statistics like one win in six, because then that decries the brilliant results we've had at Derby and Port Vale and the win against Reading. Like, it's either true or not that they were really good results, and they were really good results. So then the run doesn't matter. Um, over 46 games, we've got to get enough results. We've had four in 10. That's a brilliant result for us play that out over the season, you get 16, 17 or maybe 18 wins and finish in the top half. Well, tell me who wouldn't accept that right now. So um, we're in a we're in a, a good enough position. We're probably a couple of points short of where we wanted to be at this point and could have been with chances we've had in games. Um, but then you could also argue there's games we've taken some points from that could have gone the other way because that's just how it works. It's such a such a low scoring game in that sense. So, um, yeah, I do think that there's um, really easy parallels for people to make to last season. I don't see it. I see it as a completely different team and the two seasons don't look the same at all. Um, you, you could argue anything you like, good start. Well, we've not had as good a start as we had last year then. So like, it's crazy, really. Like we, It doesn't really matter. We, we've got a new team uh, that are playing well, that are developing well. When we've got everybody fit and available, it creates really good competition. Um, and we, we picked up a couple of knocks. You can never choose your timing of those ones, really, and the timing of your games. Um, but as I said on Tuesday, we took five points from five, I think, really, really tricky games. And um, that's a good point return from those games. We'd have loved to have taken six, maybe seven if we could have done. Potentially, you'd want more than that, obviously. But if we'd have taken an extra point from that and said six points from those five games, we'd have been saying that as an incredible run. So... I, I just don't buy into the emotion of it all too much. I just think that we are where we are. We're doing quite well and um, we're making good progress. And I actually like the signs of what we're becoming um, very early on in the cycle of a new team. 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, as they said, that's 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 the summary he's got for where we're at so far. Probably a little bit, uh, a couple of points short of where we'd ideally like to be. But no, there isn't a, there isn't a fan around here. I don't think realistically that would complain about where we're at now. Um, yes, we've got to carry on where we get we're coming from. But I, I agree that the only really poor performance we've had this season was late in Orient away, and that was very very poor. But you know, if that's if 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 we only play one poor game in ten, that, that's that's pretty good. Really. And uh, the put the points hall will come. Um, just going into, I mean, as we said, that that Wigan result is and, and Reading as well. They're they're a real warning that although they're in twentieth position, you, you can't afford to discount where they are and what they've done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, just look at their um, points return. They've got ten points from eleven games, so it's nearly you know a draw every game. Um, but it's quite hard to read I think at this point even though they've played they've played 11 games it's quite hard to read as to what they're doing you've seen that they've just gone and beat Wigan in the same way that we lost to Barnsley 4-0 Barnsley lost to Oxford 3-1 so it doesn't really follow it's just going to be interesting to see what happens tomorrow Yeah and this is what Mark had to say when he was asked you know is, is it a good time to play Burton now that they've hit a good streak? Yeah I'm beating him four and a brilliant result against Wigan at home on uh, Tuesday night so they are like you say hitting a, a good run of form myself and Jack went to watch them against Port Vale a couple of weeks ago when we were watching that. Jack went to watch them on Tuesday in the, the result against Wigan. Um, we've had a couple of other scouts that have watched them. Kevin Betsy's watched the last couple of games and we're meeting in the next hour to do our normal debrief as coaching staff or pre-brief with Ben Small presenting to us. So there will have bucket loads of information on them, which is always good. And then the job of the next few days is to cipher that down into the information the players need um, and to create a bit of a plan as to how to go there and, and put on a really good performance. But they're certainly finding good form now. It's taken them a little bit of time, one or two injuries. You, you get that as well this time of season. Lots of new players in the summer and it can take some teams a long while to find their best team or best style or way of going. But it looks like they're heading towards that now. So, yeah, be a uh, big good game and the start of a, a really, really busy period of basically two games a week for five weeks. And um, it's, it's one, to, one to quite look forward to and see where... At the end of that, you know, middle of November, um, we'll be a third of the season in and it'll be good to see where we are. Yeah, and that's always, that's always the thing, isn't it? You, you want to look at where you're at in the run-up to, you know, the, the run-up into December and uh, and the, 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 the again, the, another flurry of games around then. Um, uh, typically, when we hit poor form, we're either in it already by December or it comes just after December. That's uh, That seems to have been a thing in the past for the club. Um, but... Again, if you know, you, if you want to finish top of the league, you've got to beat most people in the league. It doesn't matter when you play them; you're still responsible for your results, and you just have to get on and play the game that you want to play and, and, and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all we can do at the moment is take it one one game at a time and look at the look at the results um, individually, and then hopefully they will um, work together to create a better picture for us going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the one that everyone wants to know about all the time when we come to games is uh, the injury list. This is what Mark had to say at the press call uh, prior to this Burton game. Uh, Sulikai Kai and Seiku Jana are training fully. So we're hopeful that they will both be able to be uh, involved. So we're keeping our eye closely on that. Um, but they've trained fully again this morning, which is good. And then everybody else is... Um, just building up minutes really in lots of lots of cases in Jordan and Adam's case they're, they're getting closer to being available I think the cup games that we've got in the month will be really good to get them the bigger side of the minutes or guarantee that anyway and that could obviously come sooner in the, the league games but um, 
they're, they're building up towards that. So uh, having those two extra ones back will be a real bonus for us and give us really good options to start the game with, but also in-game. Yeah, and I think it, it was good to see Adam May uh, and Jordan Cousins making uh, uh, making an appearance in the Barnsley game. Um, it will certainly be, you know, we've seen Adam a couple of times now. He's had a couple of shots, one wild, one quite uh, not quite so wild. Um, but he's shown that he's keen to get back and Jordan Cousins uh, went out and, you know, it was only for a few minutes, but at least it shows, um, you know, that, it, that that he will be starting to play a part in there. Kachunga, of course, is, uh, is a, a problem for us in terms of injury, but other than that if 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 kai kai uh, you know is coming back as an as as uh, as a as into the reckoning i think that's huge i think we've missed him and the same with janna i think both of them add real depth to the squad um and you know it, having them on the bench means we can change things around without weakening the team in any way yeah definitely i think both of those players that you've mentioned could return into the fold would be really good for us especially in those kind of latter stages where we need a bit more energy a little bit more explosiveness i think they'll be nice additions to the team absolutely well just one thing we, we mentioned this uh, last week we talked about obviously how difficult is it for um, uh, bonds to look at changing goalkeepers uh, now there was this misfortune in the Barnsley game but that's that's one thing in an otherwise really really good spell for Will Mannion this is what Mark had to say about the uh, goalkeeping dilemma at the club yeah, look, Will's done great. Jack's the number one and um, Will's Will's been brilliant in the games that he's played and, and he's absolutely at a level to play in our team and play consistently. So the, the fact that we've got two excellent goalkeepers, you know, I understand the idea of actually just that quality throughout every position because you don't want to be weaker when you make changes and you want to make sure that those that are in starting positions um, know they've got to be good to stay in and, and that shouldn't really matter whether you're the goalkeeper or not. If you're that if you're, you know, the number two goalkeeper, but you're flying, then you're going to stay in the team. If you're the number one goalkeeper and you're under huge pressure every single day in training, you've got to be on it to, to play. So in, in many ways, that isn't any different to any of the other positions. So I think we're in a really strong position that we've got two goalkeepers there that have both played um, that make us better and, and can... Um, you know, we, we've we've kept a lot of clean sheets, half of our games and league games, and and they both played the part in that. So, I'm I'm absolutely delighted with the the strength of that department, uh, the work that Martin's doing with them, and the quality of those players. Yeah, and it, it's always you always kind of feel sorry for goalkeepers because you know you're never going to substitute a goalkeeper onto the pitch without an injury. So if you you know that you're not going to play and you're going to sit on the bench and it could be an extended period, and I think we've been quite lucky that we've we've had strength in depth in the keepers and we've managed to keep them. So you know I think having Will there as a backup to Jack Stevens means that you know as as has just been shown when he's out he is a, a more than capable replacement and. Uh, you know, I'm sure he could go and he could go and play in a, in another team elsewhere. Um, and it's good that we can have that strength and not have to, you know, not have to worry about what's going on. So it, it's an it's an issue for for Bonds, but it's the best kind of issue to have in terms of, you know, I've got two good players. Which one do I play? Yeah, exactly. It's a great issue for um, Bonds to have at the moment, and it kind of just shows that the healthy competition that we've got at the club at the moment in in all positions and people having to be on it all the time. So it's only going to make Jack better. It's only going to make Will better, and hopefully it'll make <laughs> us better. So that's really good for us. And, and, and talking about players in good form, I, 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 this is this is I'm, this is not a criticism. Just let um, me just put that up front. 
James Brophy has become the, uh, as, as far as this show is concerned, the Liam O'Neill of Cambridge United, where the criticism just flows seemingly uh, for for no real reason at all. He got quite a bit of stick from some people surprisingly about getting man of the match uh, in the Barnsley game I think he had genuinely had a really good game um, and uh, I think you know he, it, the, the nice thing about it was they switched sides with him and it immediately made a difference and that shows I think the impact he can have on the game but someone the, the BBC quoted some numbers which I found really really unbelievable but when you check they're true so Brophy came from Leighton Orient at Leighton Orient scored he played 121 games and he scored nine goals so he's averaging one every uh, every 13 games or something like that Cambridge United 97 appearance appearances and this is the weird one I only one goal in 97 appearances and people are giving him stick for that and yeah I'm sure he'd want to score more I'm sure we'd want him to score more but that's not necessarily his role and I think you know to, to criticise a player for you know for not having scored um, I mean he's never been what you call a prolific goal scorer it's what 10, 17, 18 goals in 10 years across uh, all different levels of the, uh, the league and, and even the non-league so he's never been prolific but I think he serves. Uh, it's, it's unfair to pick on him for not scoring goals. Yeah, I think definitely it's not it's not his sole responsibility. I think Brofs is a really exciting player going forward. He makes a lot of things happen, and you know he's a, he's an asset to the team. I think to judge him on his goal scoring record is perhaps unfair. He gives a lot more than just you know the goal scoring threat. So. Yeah, I think it's a bit of an unfair, unfair judgment. But you know, so fans, fans like to have that a player yeah. like that that they can that they can blame on it. But uh, uh, yeah, leave leave James Brophy alone. I like it. Um, okay, cool. So let's just uh, talk about uh, the women's football. Um, they. Uh, they're having a good season. There was an, uh, an aberration of a, of a very poor result uh, just recently when they lost uh, 8-3 to Wimbledon. Unfortunately, it was the game at the Abbey. Uh, but even then, they scored three goals against uh, AFC Wimbledon, who are a, a very good side. But outside of that, they've done really well. They've just capped off two wins against Actonians, one in the league, one in the cup. Uh, they're now away to Ashford. Um, and Ashford were uh, uh, the leaders. Now they're... Uh, same on the same points as Norwich and of course City, uh, United drew against Norwich so on the face of it a difficult but not insurmountable game I spoke to Darren Marjoram at training on Thursday evening this is what he had to say about uh, the game uh, Darren it's the start of a, a busy week you've got Ashford on Sunday then you've got a midweek against London Seawood and uh, then finish off next weekend with Cambridge City all away fixtures yeah, nice little run for us, isn't it? <laughs> Travelling all over the place. Yeah, good good to have, um, you know, midweek games are, are one that usually fall on a training night. But, um, yeah, just nice to have those fixtures, really. And, and good tests, if you look at both Ashford and, and Seawood, they're doing really well again. Obviously, both of them did very well last year. So, good test for us there. And then, you know, the City game is a local derby and one of those where anything can happen on the day. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I think if, if we look back, if, if you're honest, you just said that last year you obviously didn't and wouldn't have beaten Actonians twice in the space of two weeks. Uh, and if you take out the aberration of the uh, the Wimbledon game, a very good side, but uh, probably, well, certainly not an 8-3 game, that one. Uh, the difference is, 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 is quite huge, really, between last season and this season. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and, and the Actonians game... We've played them twice, beat them 2-1 twice. But if you look at the first game, we it was a very even first half, 1-0 down to a, to a corner. 
um, late in the first half. Going 1-0 down is so easy to feel down on your luck and, and you know, almost give up as such. But, we, you know, we didn't do that. We fought back, we won 2-1. And then this time, really dominant first half. We spoke at, at uh, before the game uh, to the girls and said, you know, we've got to take the lessons that we'd learned at half-time where we then come back and score two goals. And we've now got to see what we can do, you know, in that game right from the start rather than at half-time. And I was really pleased with the first half, as is always going to be the case. When you're 2-0 up at half-time, the other team are always going to react and do something, you know. And, and Actonians did exactly that. And they pressed us high and they stuck bodies forward. The right wing is very good, Rater highly. And, you know, she was giving us a bit of trouble and she's got a long throw as well, which caused a few few problem moments. But we, we rode the game out and we saw it out. And ultimately their goal was a penalty. And thing harsh so you know as much as we can say they probably got on top a bit more in in the second half I thought we controlled the game well without the ball so yeah Antonians are a good benchmark and I, I think the fact that we're beating them twice is a good sign and now we've got to go and put that into practice again next week yeah and as you said Ashford is it's a really difficult challenge they're flying high at the moment but you've already drawn with Norwich one all who are currently top of the league Ashford are on the same point so it, it's a good challenge and it's a good yardstick to measure yourselves by it really is um, and that's sort of where we're at now is measuring ourselves against these sides that are up near the top end and that's a really positive sign for us that we're now competing with those like you say the Wimbledon game you know we didn't do ourselves justice there at all but ultimately we scored three goals against probably the best side in the league that fills me with hope as well we've just got to make sure that we're a bit tighter and make less mistakes in our own third but the, the signs are great and Ashford will be a really good test they're flying they are a good side there was a good side last year so it's not as though they're just flying this year and that's come out of nowhere they were a good side last year and they got stronger as the season went on they've had a change of management and um, they're, they're doing great it'll be a good test and we're, we're all looking forward to the opportunity to go out there and prove what we can do it's time to talk about the regular injuries, but I guess more important this week with three games in the row. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, so, Koski, unfortunately, hasn't trained um, through illness, so, but we're hoping that she'll be OK. Uh, Harley Jean Simpson is back training this week and has looked good, so she's one that we can sort of add to the list of possibilities now. So, we're starting to get a few people back off the injury table. Uh, Charlie, our physio, is working overtime at the moment, and uh, she's doing a good job of getting people back. But, yeah, it's, it's looking a bit more positive week by week. So, another... We've got a couple of long-term ones that are probably going to be around Christmas, but otherwise we're probably looking at another two or three weeks for most and we'll have them back. Maisie obviously got concussed the other week, so she's got 21 days, so she'll be probably about a month or so, three weeks, and she'll be back. But yeah, we're starting to look a bit positive on that front too. And the end of this uh, three-run period over the next seven days, we'll, we'll see you uh, about a third of the way through the season. I guess that's a good time to take stock of where you're at, but at the moment it, it has to be one result aside. It's got to be a pleasing season so far. Yeah, it is. Um, and you're right, it is a, it's, that's the point that we've got set in our minds is seven games in, about a third of the way through the season. Then we'll really start to understand where we are and where other teams are at. Most teams will have either had seen somewhere along the lines or have um, information on them. So we'll, we'll have a better idea idea but yeah it's been a pleasing and solid start really have though with these next two games Ashford and Seawood a really good benchmark so it's about us getting something out of those games and then the City game obviously is always going to be tough because it's a local dive but these three games will be probably you know will tell us a lot about our progression and tell us a lot about where we're heading into those next two thirds of the games it will indeed uh, so that's uh, what's going on there just uh, just before we go uh, Ashford give us give us the uh, lowdown on Ashford yeah so Ashford Town second um, second in the league equal points with Norwich just below on goal difference They've got 14 points from six games and yet to lose a game so you know in really really good form it'll be a difficult game for Cambridge United women tonight uh, today sorry yeah it will be especially because it's away as well and I think they're having uh, a club open day so they're expecting uh, quite a big crowd down there which is always uh, which is always potentially difficult for uh, the girls having not played that often in yeah. front of large crowds um, yeah so uh, we'll 
take a break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, City. Broadcasting from the city centre. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. Uh, sorry about sorry about that. We're so busy talking in the studio. I just forgot to fade, just forgot to press the button. There you go. Um, so yeah, Cambridge City. We, we, the, what we were just talking about is why they're playing on a Sunday. They're playing on a Sunday because they ground share at St Ives, and St Ives were in cup action, a rearranged cup game, I think, yesterday, or a rearranged league game because of a cup game, which pushed the uh, City game out to today. They've got. Rushton and Diamonds, I've got, you know, I've seen many games with Rushton and Diamonds against Cambridge United in the uh, non-league days. Um, th- that's been a, a, a fairly sad and spectacular uh, downfall from, uh, you know, being, I think, uh, you know, competing quite well in the National League to drop down to uh, step four and, st- and, and possibly beyond uh, the, uh, the the table. Have you got, have you got any, uh, anything about Rushton in you? <laughs> so, so if you look at, if you look at Rushton, uh, not, uh, you know, not not really a, a good story to tell there. They're dead last in the league. Uh, eight games played, no points whatsoever. Three goals, four eighteen against. Uh, I asked Robbie this question about, uh, you know, how is how difficult is it to uh, not an overestimate, uh, underestimate a side because they've got that record. Um, let's go straight to actually what Robbie had to say. I spoke to him uh, yesterday evening. This is what he had to say about the game. He's also going to. We're starting off by talking. Actually, sorry, I forgot about this. If you've if you've been to the Twitter feed and seen the link to that goal, <laughs> it is the most amazing penalty decision I think you'll ever see um, and it, as I say it made it onto Sky News uh, it's made Cambridge City famous let's hear what Robbie had to say about the game first and then we'll talk about it briefly well, Robbie the cup action obviously ended at Hereford you were back in league action midweek against Bedworth and uh, it, it's a week filled with controversy you've got the VAR decision at Liverpool and Spurs and now Cambridge City make Sky Sport in uh, one of the bizarrest decisions you've seen yeah I, um, I think you've probably put it as nicely as, as anyone <laughs> could put it to be honest Tim yeah uh, like I say in all the years I've been involved in football as a player and as a manager I've never ever seen anything like what happened just take it back so, so, so I should have introduced what the goal yeah, was so Dan right. Cotton's brought down and there's a penalty yep. and he side foots the ball into the goal and everyone starts celebrating at which point take the story away okay so at that point we're obviously celebrating because we're 1-11 up against the team that are second in the league and we thoroughly deserve to be in front and I noticed the linesman flagging and then at that point some of the Bedworth players then started to get on to the fact that maybe he thinks it hasn't crossed the line you know instead of walking up the pitch like they were doing they start then going over to the linesman and and, and then next thing you know it, you know the referee's already signalled for a goal and yeah the linesman deems it that it hasn't gone in and he deems it that it's hit the outside of the goal, the wheel on the outside of the goal, which I would say, but um, I'd say 99% of the people in the ground thought it was a goal. And yeah, it was bizarrely ruled that it hadn't crossed the line and the goal kick was given. And as you said, the hitting, hitting, the, hitting the goal, hitting the wheel on the outside of the post is almost a physical impossibility for the ball to end up where it ended up. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, I was very cross with the decision that was made, and I, and I asked the linesman, you know, for a for a take on his view, and he said that it hit the wheel. And I said, well, what? It's hit the wheel in the goal, or is it hit the wheel on the outside? And he, and he clearly said it hit the wheel on the outside. And then to my astonishment, I was like, well, I don't think the best player in the world could do that, and I don't think he could do it if he tried it a million times because it's it's near on impossible. You know, a guy's side foot in a penalty across the goal for it to hit the outside wheel, which is, again, about probably a foot off the post. So, you know, because I thought he thought he hit the wheel from the inside and was saying that it hadn't crossed the line. And I said, well, and he said, no, no, it's hit the outside wheel. And yeah, just astonished. You know, we'd rather, you know, mistakes happen in football like we saw with the VAR on the Saturday game. Yeah. You know, these things do happen. And I'd much rather the referee turn around and go, do you know what? Yeah, I've made a mistake. Because human error does happen. You know, we're playing at step four and my lads make a lot of errors during a game of football. And, you know, you have to get on with it. But the excuses, I'll say, that were given just didn't add up. And odd that the referee who's standing there having already given a goal should feel that the linesman's got a different, a different enough view that that should overrule him. Yeah, and, and I said that to him at half-time, you know, and he said, well, you know, my line was, linesman was adamant they hadn't crossed the line. And I said, but, but you're watching it from an angle that we're all watching it from, and you're you're 12 yards away, so you're seeing it probably better than anybody, and you see it cross the line. And, you know, and then I just said, like, for their bench to try and call you over to, to say it went in, does, does that not speak volumes for the decision that you made? And... Yeah, they just stuck with their original thing that, you know, the linesman, he went with the linesman because he was on the line and he's categorically said it didn't cross the line. And I showed him the footage at half time and he didn't want to see it. And he said, no, it definitely didn't cross the line. Well, me and a, a million other people that have seen it on, on Twitter and, and Facebook <laughs> will, will tell you different, you know. And so it, it's one of those. I was frustrated at the time and still frustrated because... To go to Bedworth and beat them 1-0 with the team that they've put together now and, you know, where they're sitting at this current time, you know, that was a, an outstanding performance. You know, that bar the penalty, we dominated large parts of the game that, you know, we should have won. And, you know, we take great pride and, you know, the way we went about playing against Bedworth and, and, and the result, you know, it, it's a kick in the teeth. But, you know, the performance that we produced was was something that we can look forward to, you know, be proud of the performance. Certainly considering we played on Saturday against a, a very good Hereford team and there's a lot of tired bodies. And, you know, so it was it was credit credit to our lads. You know, we didn't lose the game. I'd have been extremely disappointed if we had lost the game, obviously due to to what had happened. And, you know, we, we probably should have nicked it late on with a, with a Ryan Ingrid header at the back post that he just headed over. But... Yeah, it's it's one of those, you know, it's we're now three or four days past that day and it, it is still very annoying. But, you know, mistakes do happen, Tim, you know, and I'm not and that's all I wanted the official to turn around and say, you know, and, and for a referee's assessor to turn around and sort of say that, you know, I've got lots of questions I want to ask him. But it, none of it helps you, it, unfortunately. No, absolutely it doesn't. <laughs> absolutely it doesn't. And and we have to just dust ourselves down, don't get too despondent and disappointed by the, the actions of what happened and we just move on. And yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah, so it's Rushing the Diamonds and we'll kick off just as we end the show today um, away at St. Ives. Uh, move from yesterday because of course St. Ives were involved in a game so you had to move out to Sunday. 
on paper, it, I mean, it's an interesting game. It's kind of like no contest. They've uh, played eight games. They've lost eight games. They've scored three goals. They've conceded 18. It should, on paper, be an easy uh, an easy tie for you. But obviously, it's not. These things never are. But you have to be careful. You don't underestimate them. Yeah, we, we definitely won't be underestimating them. That's for sure. We've had them watch the last two games and they're very unlucky to still be sitting on zero points. You know, they've they've started games very well. They've had penalties saved. They've had one-on-ones missed at nil-nil. So we know that they've got some very good players within their team. We know Chris Nunn from his Biggles Wade and Kempston days and Newmarket days further back. And, you know, we know that he'll have a, a team, certainly against us, that will be fired up and wanting to to get their first points on the board. So we won't be taking them lightly, that's for sure. You know, they're, they're a very young, energetic team um, with one or two very good, experienced players that have played football league. So, yeah, it's, you know, people will sit there and go, well, you know, it's it's a no, no-brainer, it's a Cambridge City win. But we know football and we know that teams that are down there and not got any points, they've got nothing to lose. So there's a little bit of a less pressure on them all the pressures on us to to perform that everyone thinks that we should do. And and I think, you know, we are one or two probably down for the game. So yeah, look, we we go into it on the back of two very good league performances, rugby and then Bedworth. And you know, and I if we play to anything near those levels, I'm hopeful that we'll win the game. Now it's Sunday, it's it's difficult for our lads because they all they work on a Monday to Friday and, and it's routine to play on a Saturday. And the performances that we've had on a Sunday haven't been to where, for one reason or not, where we are on a Saturday or a Tuesday. So we've spoken about that at length over the last few weeks because, you know, the Leighton Town game on, on the Sunday, we weren't great in terms of the result. So we know we need to come, put in a good shift, respect our opposition like we do and... And hopefully we can get a positive result, Tim. It, we were just just saying it, it, it is weird to see Rushton and Diamonds literally dead last in step four. And uh, not that I'm de- de- not them denigrating step four, but to see where they were, um, to see where they've been, and the, and the ground and everything that goes with it. it. It is it is weird to see how they've how they've dropped. Um, and you know, the Cambridge have gone up, and or Luton have gone even further. <laughs> Luton go to the Premier League at the time it takes Rushton and Diamonds to drop down to step four, kind of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it it is interesting, but that goal. So the the really interesting if you look if you look at it, first of all, it's blindingly obvious from the from the uh, phone uh, footage of it. It's not grainy. It's not anything else. It's blindingly obvious. It goes in and it hits a diagonal stanchion in the goal and comes out. But the the, the excuse that they come up with that um, it, it wasn't a goal because it's hit the wheel on the outside of the goal. First of all, that's a physical impossibility unless unless you've got the you know the best banana kick in the world. And then not only is it going to hit the wheel, but it's got to come out and go completely the wrong way from where it would have gone if it had hit the that hit the wheel in that way and then the referee confused or the liner confuses to just say it didn't cross the line so now you're saying well it, what did it bounce off then because if it didn't bounce off the wheel then you, you can't say it didn't cross the line because that stanchion is behind the goal so altogether just uh a real disaster. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can, you know, as 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 Robbie points out, it's not that people don't make mistakes. He he admits that his players make mistakes all the time. It's that's not the point. It's just 
if the home t- if the if the home team are telling the referee it was a goal then at least the referee can give a goal safe in the knowledge they're not going to complain about it because they're the ones saying that it's it's not a go- it's a goal so yeah, it, it is what it is. But at least uh, City get their moment on Sky Sport and uh, <laughs> it's referred to and it's got an awful lot of views. Have a look if you haven't seen it because it is just uh, a, a real unfortunate problem. Um, the women are uh, uh, on the back of a, a 6-0 loss to Milton Keynes-Dons in the Cup. Uh, a very, very good side. And um, they had their moments, but uh, I think outclassed by a side, uh, you know, a league and a half above them. Uh, they have got uh, <laughs> a difficult task as well uh, today. They're playing Wimbledon, um, who will be there or thereabouts uh, at the top of the league uh, at the end of the season. So this is what I, Paul had to say when I spoke to him this morning. Paul, I caught the second half of the uh, Cup game against MK Dons last week. Obviously a very good side, running uh, well in the league above uh, above yourself. Uh, and although th- it, they were obviously the better team on the pitch overall, you had your moments and there were some quite nice periods, certainly the second half of attacking play. Yeah, we're not actually far away, to be honest, Tim. I think we've had some tough fixtures but we've been in every game at every point. And the thing is, we just keep shooting ourselves in the foot with silly little mistakes, uh, individual errors that are costing us. And we're getting punished. And a team like Milton Keynes will, will punish you when you make those mistakes. And I guess that doesn't necessarily bode well for today. You've got a start of a busy week, three games over the next seven days, away at Wimbledon for the first one of those. Again, a team that's unlikely to, uh, uh, to, to make it easy for you. Yeah, look, they've got they've got a great striker who will punish us if we make mistakes. Um, we've got to be on our A game today. We had two good games against them last season. I think we lost two one in at their place last year. So we can perform. We know we can perform at these levels. We just have to be a little bit more consistent in our play and and cut out the mistakes. And we won't be very far away. I guess, I mean, it's difficult. We're only four or five games into uh, a long season, but obviously it, it can't escape the attention that as yet it's uh, five games, no wins, no draws, five losses with a minus 15 goal difference. You've already taken some steps in terms of starting to look for a replacement manager. You say that, uh, you know, you, you, can play, you can play games and you've had good moments and I've certainly seen some of that. Is there a panic in the club at the moment? Definitely not. No, we um, we moved the manager on previously, and we've settled the ship down. We've advertised now, so we are, we aren't panicking. It's as you say, a long a long hard season. Um, it's about seeing progress, and in every game so far, we've seen progress. And we've had a tough run at fixtures. They come thick and fast this week, as you've already alluded to. And um, it's about enjoying the moment and taking positives from every game, and keep working hard, and uh, the results will come. And I guess, obviously, yes, it is a busy game. You've got to Wimbledon today, but uh, probably more importantly in the week, you've got Sudbury and uh, Cambridge United. Sudbury, obviously, struggling uh, like yourselves down at the bottom. Those are going to be key games to to be able to benchmark yourself against where you're at. Yes, definitely. Look, there's games in the season that, where, that you, you earmark that you'd hope to pick points up from, and they're generally with the teams in and around you or just above you. And we've got a few of them coming up in the next few weeks. And it's, uh, it's important for the club to show the progress that they've been showing in these tougher games, in the games coming up. And hopefully we get some points on the board. And it certainly helps that you're at home for those games. In terms of squad strength, where are you at at the moment? 
I think we've we've got two injured for today. We have had lots of little niggles, and there has been a bit of pressure on the squad. Megan Edwards uh, will make her full debut today. She's been in the squad for a couple of weeks now, coming up from the 23s, another very promising young player. Um, so she'll start today against uh, Wimbledon. And we've got a long-term injury playing for the 23s, Jade Barrett, who's a striker coming back to full fitness. So it's looking good. So a quick fact file on uh, Wimbledon, show how, how difficult a game this is going to be for City. <laughs> yeah, so um, probably one of the stronger teams in the league without doubt. They're fourth in the table um, at the moment. Um, still very much in touching distance of Norwich and Ashford with two games in hand. So um, yeah, we know how tough it is to get promotion in that league with only one one team going up. So if that's something that they'll be, they'll be looking for... These are the kind of opportunities that they need to capitalise on. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about Histon very briefly. Broadcasting from the city centre. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. From the terraces on Cambridge 105 Radio. I'm not going to play the jingle. Uh, let's get straight into it. I went down to watch uh, them play cup football against uh, Elston Park uh, yesterday. Um... it's not a game of two halves with them it's a game of intermittent performance Um, they're very very fragile when they concede a goal Um, they missed opportunities Um, they went one up um, it came back and then it just all went wrong for them this is what uh, Matt Payne had to say uh, following the game when I spoke to him so Matt a disappointing end to a day when you had chances a little bit unlucky really to go into half time at one all yeah we think so we thought we did really really well in the first half we were the better team by a country mile lots of chances as you've said just I think this is where this team's at the moment we're, they're playing some good football at the moment that's the one thing we're asking them to do so they can have a plan A a plan B a plan C but it, it's confidence for me is the biggest thing at both ends of the pitch right now and it's true. I think you know you had you did have chances. Had had you gone in one up or even two up, it would have potentially been a very different second half. But I think there's still that fragility that shows when you concede a goal. Yeah, and losing Rob Ruddy today didn't help either to that bad injury because I thought we looked quite good in there with him. He was having a good game in particular. As soon as we've done that, we've had to change the system around a little bit. And like you say, unfortunately, the three goals in the second half. We've just talked about it now. We all acknowledge it. it's mistakes. Yeah. Unfortunately, Elston haven't scored good goals where sometimes you have to take a step back and applaud it but no they're they're mistakes they've admitted to them they know where we've got to tweak things a little bit but unfortunately that's just where they're at and yeah as you say overall a a consistency is required that has been lacking for you know for some time within the Histon team yeah I mean it's difficult because I've seen things from the background a little bit there as well and and we're probably even in the short term at the moment in just a week we're seeing little things ourselves we're like they're just into some bad habits within themselves at the moment not through anyone else's fault just it's just the way they've managed to let their heads get taken out the game a little bit it's not, they're all good players they've got the ability to be a lot better than what we're currently showing result wise but it's a, it's a process unfortunately it's going to take a little bit of time and as you say a nasty injury to uh, Rob Ruddy in a class of heads yeah our physio's taking him off to hospital they're checking him for concussion at the moment as well and possible broken nose so it's just the luck you need right now, isn't it? He's just come back in today, looked like he was having a good game and now could be out for a few weeks. We're going to have to see when we get an update from him this evening. Uh, and a bit of a bright spot in the second half, both Connor Barnes having to come on because of the injury and then uh, Dexter Tog coming on and, and, and looking really good. 
Yeah, it, we still want a little bit more in terms of depth of the squad at the moment as well. We have still got a couple out injured. They're getting closer to returning. So we think that, you know, maybe for the one or two still not here today, they're about another week, possibly two weeks away. I think having that bit of added experience coming back in will make the world a difference to us as well. It was quite a young bench today when you look at our sub options. So, you know, the squad needs a little bit more still. And in the end, up against a, a good side at this level. Yeah, I mean, again, difference. You, you wouldn't have been able to tell that they were much higher than us in that first half. Second half, they've just shown that difference in both ends of the pitch. They started to work out what we were doing going forward. We started running out of ideas in that last bit up there. And then they've just capitalised on mistakes and put the ball in the back of the net. You know, Roach has made a couple of good saves in there as well, to be fair. Otherwise, it could have been worse. Just quickly before we finish, Matty Allen scored five goals in the uh, demolition of Desborough Town and unfortunately for Histon, Matty Allen's then immediately gone to Wellingborough Town um, and uh, will no longer obviously play at Histon and interestingly Histon have got Wellingborough Town uh, on Tuesday in the league before they play Daventry uh, next week so they've got a couple of games uh, this week. Uh, that's pretty much all we've got time for, thanks to Salim again for uh, being in the studio uh, thanks for Matt being on standby, we didn't actually use him but uh, uh, he was there, honestly. Uh, and thanks to uh, Matt Payne, to Darren Marjoram, to Paul Burling and uh, to Robbie Nightingale for uh, interviews uh, before that. I'm off to the uh, City game now to see if I can get to the second half of the Rushton and Diamonds game. Thanks very much. Cambridge 105 Radio.